0: This is our fourth session now on Ephesians 2 8 to 10. And I said last time we were only going to do one more on the details of verse 10, but as so often, I'm sorry I misled you, we're going to do two more. So this one, and in our last session, we'll focus on which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. That's just so perplexing, I think we need to devote an entire session to it. So our focus in this session is on the details of the first part of verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Father, as we focus on on for and his and workmanship and created and in Christ and good works, oh my Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to see what the implications are for our lives here and for how it relates to what went before here. I ask this in in Jesus' great name. Amen. So the first word to focus on is the word for. So this is making verse
1: 10 a ground, a basis, for no one may boast, so that no one may boast. Now,
0: the word so that means that what went before here supports and results in this, that no one may boast. So I'm going to, and then this goes back underneath and supports it again. So let me draw it like this. So here's, here's verse 8b. This is uh, starting right here, 8b. And it's supported by what goes before, draw the support like that, this is a support, and it's supported by the fact that you've been saved by grace, through faith, it's not from you, it's a gift of God, it's not of works, and all of that is supporting the truth, so you can't boast. With all of this being true, the effect is, the thing that is being supported is
1: no boasting, and then because supports it again. Because, I'm going to draw it like this. So this is 8a and this is verse, verse 10. Because we are his
0: workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so you can't boast. That's the, that's the logic. And the argument is interesting. The, bef- before this, that is in front of it here, the argument for why you can't boast
1: is that all we need before salvation in order to be saved is a gift of God, right? That's the point here. By grace, you've been
0: saved through faith. You didn't work for this. It's not from you. It's a gift of God. It's not from you. It's all a gift. Therefore, no boasting. And then he goes back down a level beneath this and argues for it again. And what? What's the nature? What's the summary of his argument in verse ten?
1: All we need to do after being saved is the creation. Of God. We are His workmanship,
0: created in Christ Jesus. Everything was prepared beforehand. The emphasis here is for good works. So, flowing from um, our salvation is good works, and before our salvation were no good works, and that's why there's no boasting. Everything we needed before we got saved in order to get saved. Is a gift of God. Everything we need to do that's required of us after salvation is the creation of God. Therefore, all praise be to the grace of God, the workmanship of God, the creative power of God, the predestining work of God, and zero boasting comes out of the mouth of people who are saturated with this kind of truth. Now, a few details from verse ten. Besides focusing on the word "for," we are His, His workmanship, His poem (poema) in Greek. His meaning: He made us, and He owns us. We are His workmanship. We did not make ourselves; therefore, no boasting. We are His. Workmanship. And then he gets specific and talks about what kind of workmanship? Is it just kind of a rearrangement of a few um, stray pieces of our souls? No, it's creation. And creation here is to be taken seriously. This word is not chosen randomly. God in Christ Jesus has brought into being something new, new life new nature. You remain basically you. John Piper, before saved and after saved, is John Piper, but it's a new John Piper. So it is with you. A new creation has come into being. A new creation means something came into being out of nothing. He did not just rearrange the old fallen, dead, sinful, corrupt pieces of John Piper into a new configuration. He put something to death, he brought something to life. He made us alive.
1: Verse five, made alive, new life, new creation. And he did it in, in union with Jesus Christ. By union with Jesus Christ. We need to think about this for a minute. Only in union, connected with, united with Jesus
0: Christ, can we be recreated? But let me draw attention to the fact that before there's recreation, there is a new
1: legal... do we call it position or standing of not guilty. The reason I stress that is because back in chapter 1,
0: verse 7, we read, in him, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So the the death of Jesus covers our, our trespasses so that we can be completely exonerated in union with him so i'm that's not what's being said here i'm just drawing that out so that we can get things in proper order we've seen already that there's a new legal standing i'm not guilty i've been redeemed my trespasses are covered in Christ Jesus and now he's saying another thing happens
1: in Christ Jesus we get a new nature creation in Christ Jesus.
0: And this, and I stressed this last time, this legal standing happens so that God's wrath can be averted so that he can now devote all of his omnipotent energy to making us new people in Christ. We don't become new people in Christ in order to be uh, deserving of a new standing. No, that new standing is owing to what? The blood of Jesus. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness. And I would say the only kind of newness that can be forged is newness
1: forged out of forgiveness. So that's the stress here. In Christ Jesus, we are a workmanship of God created
0: by him. So picture it this way. So here's here's Christ, and we're united with him. Our circles overlap, and we're interpenetrated with him. And in here, there's a legal transaction and a transformative transaction. In here, you could call it justification, and you can call it sanctification, but they're not the same. And justification, this being in a new legal standing, happens because of union with Christ, because his punishment counts as our punishment, and thus our sins are forgiven and we're counted as righteous. And here, also, in him, there is a new transformative sanctifying effect happening. Now that's as far as we're going to go in this session. And and I could point you, maybe I will just point you very quickly to the fact that this motif, this uh, emphasis on being new creatures is elsewhere. So here's Ephesians 4.22. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness or Colossians 3, 9, and 10. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed
1: in the knowledge of its creator. Or 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if
0: anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. Or Galatians six fourteen and 15. Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, for neither circumcision nor uh, counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. So all of that new, new creation work here is in the service of this support so that we don't boast in ourselves We boast in grace. We boast in Christ. We boast in God's creative workmanship, both for everything we were given before we were saved in order to be saved and everything that is expected of us afterwards. It's all gift.
1: It's all God's creation.